We're back. We are finally back in your eyes and ears. The Bentley Show has returned. I was out of town the last couple of weeks, had some family stuff. So, we are back. We're better than ever. We're back on the grind, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just like we never left. Just had to quick, take a quick little pause there. And now we're back. Let, it, ain't nothing changed but the date, you know? Ain't nothing changed but the date. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. This is The Bentley Show. We have quite a bit to talk about because it's been, what, two weeks since we've last spoke? We have quite a bit to talk about. The Tigers are nine games into their season. We are two weeks in. Uh, we have Akil Badu, obviously. We we're going to talk some Matt Boyd, some Miguel Cabrera, Wilson Ramos, uh, the young pitching core, and then uh, take a quick little peek at this upcoming series that's going to start uh, tonight, if you're listening on Monday, which I hope you are. Um, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, series against AJ Hinch's former team actually has me like super nervous. So like, uh, which is not a thing I felt watching the Tigers in probably five years. So um, that we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. The Pistons, we have some Blake Griffin drama to talk about. Uh, I have not been on since um, he's really gone off and started dunking and stuff for the Nets. So I'm going to give my two cents on that situation. Um, then we have, we're going to talk about all the rookies individually, Killian, Stu, Bay, um, talk about Wayne Ellington and the trade deadline. Cause last time we spoke, I think was right before the trade deadline. Um, and I will get into Wayne, um, then some Corey Joseph stuff and some Seku stuff because he's slowly becoming more and more the topic of conversation, especially since Killian's return. Um, the Red Wings, trade deadline. Trade deadline. Again, if you're listening on Monday, then you are quite literally listening on trade deadline day. The trade deadline's at 3 p.m. Eastern time um, on Monday. So, depending on when you're listening, there you go. Um, if you're listening after, then it's already after the fact. On Wednesday, if there's any trades that happen from when I'm recording currently, which is Monday morning uh, till 3 p.m. on Monday, we'll just cover those in Wednesday's show. No big deal. Uh, then, so yeah, we're going to all all trade stuff for the Wings. As always, go listen to Lockdown Red Wings. I'm a co-host over there uh, if you want more in-depth, full, every-day-a-week breakdowns on it. And then the Lions. Uh, we have a, a lot more trades from around the league have been made since we last spoke, and that is going to directly affect the draft. So we have a lot to talk about there. What are we going to do at 7? We've been asking this question pretty much since the inception of this show. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And then if we don't go quarterback, who do we go? Just a lot to talk about in general. This is going to be a jam-packed show. Jam-packed. I am your host, Scott Bentley. This is The Bentley Show. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. I am so thrilled to be back in your eyes and ears. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm just happy to be here, you know, just, just just happy to be here. Okay, let's get right into it, though. The Detroit Baseball Tigers are nine games into their season, uh, and it's gone, hmm, how do I word it? I don't know if I have a one-word adjective to describe what uh, I feel about <laughs> The Detroit Baseball Tigers up to this point. Um, look, it's gone about as expected, I guess. I, I mean, look. So we're currently three and six. Um, this team is still bad. This team is still bad, man. Like, even when when we we won our, our opening series. People were like, oh my gosh, this team looks so much better. It's like, dude, we are three games into a 162. You know? I, I hate to be the person to kill optimism. Truly. Some people don't believe me when I say that because I'm too pessimistic or whatever. But like after five straight years of 98 plus losses, I'm not sure how you're not personally i mean i mean maybe that's just 
Maybe that's just how I look at the game. I don't know. But I, I, I don't. It's, it's really some to behold. It, it really is some to behold. Um, so the offense is still the offense, uh, especially in this Cleveland series that just ended. It was pretty much irrelevant. It was completely silent. Um, and that's going to be the, like, look, man, people, oh my gosh, like we have AJ Hinge and that's awesome. I'm so happy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I voiced my opinion of that. I think it's an amazing hire. We went out and made the, like, Robbie Grossman. I love the Robbie Grossman signing. I absolutely love it. Um, the the Renato Nunez, sure, he's up now. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. Um, Wilson Ramo, like, Nomar Mazzara. Like, we made these, like, Band-Aid signings. Look, man, again, I, I don't want to be the person to kill optimism because I, I hate being that, but... This is a team who yesterday, Nico Goodrum was our three-hole hitter. Let that sink in. Turn the knob. Open the door. Let that porcelain sink in. Nico Goodrum was our three-hitter yesterday. Our our 2-3-4 was Willie Castro, Nico Goodrum, Renato Nunez. Willie Castro had like a 450 BABIP last year. He currently has a 500 OPS. Nico Goodrum currently has a 590 OPS. And Renato Nunez, that was literally his first major league game of the year. He was in Toledo before yesterday. Our cleanup hitter was in Toledo 24 hours before. Like, this team is still so far away from being even remotely competitive, bro. So far away. Um, let's get into some some individual performances, though. Uh, kind of break it down a little more in depth. Akil Badu. Incredible. Absolutely incredible story. Incredible moment. Incredible everything. I, I, I don't know how you can be... You can't be mad. You Obviously, you can't be mad. Right? I mean, like... This is a Rule 5 pick that has taken over baseball, <laughs> right? Like, he, he, has, he has quite literally just, just taken over baseball. He is, he is on the official MLB Twitter accounts. He's all over the place. It's awesome. It's awesome. And look, I, I said this in, a, in a, one of my postgame videos a couple of days ago. Um, this is something he will live in tiger's lore forever for real this week even if he is never relevant at the major league level again from here on out literally this week will he will never no one will ever be able to take that away from him and no one will ever be able to take that away from the fan base it's just fun man it's just fun whether it lasts or not who cares who cares? Just enjoy it. It's just fun, man. We, we haven't gotten much enjoyment out of the last five years of this team. We finally have something cool happen. Just enjoy it, man. It's awesome. Uh, obviously, the, the home run in his first pitch he saw, then the grand slam, then the walk-off, then throwing a guy out from left field. I, I mean, the dude is is, <laughs> is all over the, uh, the MLB and that's the cool, like, it's literally like Chris Shelton in 06 in April, right? Like, we still talk about that to this day. We still talk about, oh my gosh, you know, Chris Shelton got off to that hot start. Chris Shelton's a nobody. Chris Shelton was out of baseball in a year after that. Like, you know what I mean? So, it, it, it's like that. And, it, and I'm not saying Akil Badu's a nobody. He's 22 and, and has a way higher ceiling than Chris Shelton could ever have even dreamed of having, especially at the time of his national spotlight. Um, but it's just like, it, it doesn't matter what he does after this. For him, like, for, for, for the sake of, um, of, of this moment, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter 
what he looks like the rest of his career, and it's pretty much irrelevant, to be honest with you. It's it's just an awesome moment. It's super cool, um, and and it has made anytime he's in the lineup, it's more enjoyable. Whether he actually does something with it or not, he's gone over for the last two days. It doesn't even matter. It's more enjoyable when he's in the lineup. The game's literally more fun to watch when he's playing because you're like, oh my gosh, is he gonna like freak out and do anything else? You know what I mean? It's just cool. Um, moving on to Matthew Boyd. Uh, I've really liked what I've seen out of Boyd so far this year. Liked it a lot. Uh, not saying that he is going to be some... Uh, what am I trying to say? It's not. I'm not saying he's going to be some bona fide ace or that he is a bona fide ace or anything of the sort that involves him being an ace because that's just not true. Um, but uh, it is really nice to see him. The, both of his starts this series looked really good, and that's just obviously nice. Um, the hope, I think, you know, he's he's got a, what, a year left of ARB. So I would imagine the hope is... If he's good enough, you actually trade him this time instead of 2019 when we just didn't for no reason. Um, I would imagine that that would be the strategy, right? Uh, if I mean, if it's not, uh, then then you got to extend him. I don't know, man. I I just don't want to make the same mistake twice. We we didn't move him in 19, and and it's inexcusable, and we absolutely should have. Um, being that he's on his last year of Auburn, we have all these kids coming. I think the value play is probably moving him. He's a great guy. I wish him nothing but the best. But just for the outlook of this team, I'm not really sure why you hold on to him. Um, but he he's looked great, and that's awesome. That benefits everyone, whether we move him or not. Obviously, it's very beneficial that, that he does well. Um, his pitch mix has been phenomenal. The, the, he has the fastball change up slider. And then every like once in a blue moon, he randomly throws a curveball, which is still confusing to me, but whatever. Um, it's not a common enough pitch for me to be like, oh my gosh, throw it or don't. Like he throws it, you know, once an outing, but that's weird. Um, the slider's been great. It's been great since his whole career. The fastball is not going to blow you away, but if it's located well and the changeup is on point, he he looks good, man. And and the pitch mix, he's throwing the changeup a lot more. He's throwing the slider at a at a solid rate, being that it's his best pitch. Um, it it fascinates me that when he only throws the slide up in the fat slide up, <laughs> the slider and the fastball, he struggles. His outings are tend to be not good. That especially was the case last year. And then when he mixes in the changeup, he looks damn good. But somehow he keeps forgetting that. Or the staff kept forgetting that or something last year at least. This series looked really good two games in though. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. And obviously that's a... That's very... Like I said, that's very... Very... I can't speak today. Very beneficial for everybody involved. So that's obviously awesome. Miguel Cabrera back on the IL. Uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do, man? The one thing I have a problem with is people saying like, oh my gosh, like this is a problem. He's not worth the money. He's ridiculous, bro. Why is the injury when you bring that up? Like, the logic does not compute to me. No kidding. He hasn't been worth the 30 mil a year in, in, in three years, four years. Obviously. Him getting hurt, like, you really think 2021 healthy Miguel Cabrera would have made this team competitive? No. <laughs> Miguel Cabrera could be... Healthy as hell. He could play all 162 this year. It's not changing the fact that this team's losing 95 to 105 games. Uh, like, I, I just don't understand why when he gets hurt, people are like, oh, he hasn't been worth it. Bro, if he was healthy, he's not worth it, right? 
and and worth it is also that's also just ridiculous like that's just how baseball contracts work you pay someone for what they give you currently you eat it and take it on the chin at the end of the deal every big deal ever has been that and and that's and this deal is obviously no different um he's the best hitter. I don't care how you could be a hundred year old, a hundred years old. He's the best hitter in your lifetime. To wear a Tigers uniform, I should say. He's the best Tigers hitter in your lifetime, no matter how old you are. Could have been alive in the twenties. I don't care. He's the best Tigers hitter in your lifetime. Uh, he, yeah, he he's done tenfold more than enough. And, and I just don't understand the frustration when this team sucks. I, I don't get it. Why are you mad? This team is horrible. Like, he, again, when he's healthy, if he's healthy all year, it's not changing the fact that this team blows. He could even be prime Miguel Cabrera right now. He could be 2012-13 Miguel Cabrera. And guess what? We'd still be terrible. Because that's how it works. You could literally drop two-time MVP 2013 Miguel Cabrera into the three-hole of this lineup. And this team would still be absolutely terrible. So I don't understand what people's frustration is from, where it lies. It, it does not matter. Nothing he can do can change the fact that this team's terrible. The injury doesn't matter to the team's outlook. I've rambled on for this long enough. I don't understand why people are are mad about this currently. In 2016 or 17, sure, I guess, maybe. But, like, at this point, get over yourself, man. Take a deep breath. Go take a walk or something. It's really not that deep. Okay. Uh... With Miguel Cabrera's injury, um, Julio Tehran moves to the 60-day IL, which is, uh, I mean, that sucks. It's a guy that we signed to a one-year deal and tried to get a bounce back from last year. It obviously sucks for him. It sucks for us because we might have been able to flip him at the deadline. Um, and now he's not going to be back to like mid-June, so it's going to be a lot less. going to be a lot more difficult to move him at the deadline. Regardless, um, I would imagine Turnbull is going to come back relatively soon and take his spot, but there's also a chance, I guess, um, that Michael Fulmer just hops back into the rotation. Uh, I'd much, obviously, for those who know me, much prefer Spencer Turnbull uh, than Michael Fulmer, but Michael Fulmer has looked pretty good out of the bullpen. So uh, that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Like I said earlier, Renato Nunez gets the call up uh, due to Miguel Cabrera getting hurt. Sure. Uh, I was kind of confused he didn't make the team out of camp, uh, especially losing the job to Harold Castro, who I think is just terrible. Um, but he's up now. He's going to hit in the middle of the lineup. Uh, went 0 for his first day. Hopefully we can see something out of him. And, uh, yeah, that, I mean, again, we're just taking a lot of flyers on guys, and he's no different. So hopefully we can see something out of him. Um. Wilson Ramos has been a big topic of conversation because uh, I have voiced my displeasure with the signing from the second we made it. Uh, he's had a really hot start at the plate. He has four home runs in nine games. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I... I he is quite literally one of the worst defensive catchers in the league. Um, and we've had horrible catching the last five years, and he's one of the worst defensive catchers we've had in the last five years. And I, I would argue that we've had the worst catching situation in baseball the last five. So uh, take with that what you will. Um, here's my thing. He can hit super well. And he can justify their logic, the front office's logic. And I can still not be happy about it. Not that I'm like, 
stuck in my ways and like, oh my gosh, like I doesn't he could OPS two thousand, I wouldn't care. Not 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 the point. He they signed him with the belief that oh he he's not gonna be a great defender. He'll make up with it with the bat. We need a bat. Our offense has been irrelevant the last four games. And yes, the only, well, not only, but two of the only runs we have scored have been Wilson Ramos solo homers. But this is my point exactly. Even with those solo homers, we lost one of the games by like 10. Ended up being like six, I guess, six or seven. And we lost the other game by three. His offense does not matter. It really doesn't. I'm sorry. It is irrelevant to me. You should have gotten a defensive catcher. You have three of the top pitching prospects in baseball. You have two relatively young guys trying to raise their value in Turnbull and Boyd. It makes absolutely no sense to go offense over defense at the catching position. If you thought you were one bat away from having an insane offense, you might be able to convince me. You're not. You're not even close. You're not even relatively close to that. No matter how well he hits, and I hope he hits well, I want this team to do good, contrary to popular belief. I love this team. But no matter how well he hits, he could literally have a 1,200 OPS at the end of the year, which, by the way, he won't. But he literally could. And I will not care because this team will still lose 95-plus games, even with him being the best hitter in baseball. And his defense will still be an absolute crime against humanity. It doesn't make sense. It has never made sense. It never will make sense. So the front office can justify their own signing if he hits well and say, hey, that's the trade-off we made. And that's fine. But for me personally, I don't care. It will never make sense. It never has made sense. Let's move on. I'm, I'm done talking about Wilson Ramos. Last two, Scooble and Mize. Uh, Scooble, his last start against Cleveland was horrifying. Uh, I, I The spin rate is down significantly, and the velocity is down significantly on the fastball. Uh, and he got absolutely obliterated. That might have been the worst start of his career. He looked horrid. Um, again, not only... Could... I just don't get how this happens. I, I don't get it. Hopefully, uh, it's one of two things. Either it's by design, and Fetter's just trying stuff out with him. Uh, just don't be hurt. Just don't be hurt. Or... Uh, I don't know. He just had a rough day. I Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. But it's horrifying. It's scary. His velocity was down so much. And his spin rate was down so much. I don't know, man. I think Scuba has a high, the highest floor of any of the big three, but... I mean, that's that's scary. And, and, like, look, I've been preaching patience and, like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're eight, nine starts into these dudes' careers. Let's not, after one bad start, be like, oh, my gosh, you're relegated to the – you're going to be a career bullpen arm. Like, I'm trying to stop that. But at the same time, that is alarming. Like, it would be one thing if the velocity and all that was still there and he just had a bad start. He – it was – that was rough. That was – that was rough. That was rough. Okay, last thing. I'm way over time here on the on the Tigers. Um, last thing is that the uh, 
Tigers are about to head into a series against the Houston Astros. Uh, I'm pretty nervous, to be honest with you. And I, I haven't been nervous for a Tigers game like this in, in a while. <laughs> I, I mean, for real. Like, I don't know. I I only get nervous when it's like, oh my, I have like some expectation of winning or like, oh, like we really should win today. I really want to win today. Something along those lines. That, I, you know, and I haven't really expected to win much in the last five years. So like, I, you know, I haven't really been nervous in a Tiger game. I think the last time I I think the last time I was nervous was the JV pitched the day before the trade deadline in 2017, and I really wanted him to do well so that his last start as a Tiger could be well. But then we didn't even trade him on the deadline; we traded him a month later. Um. Then before that, it was probably the second to last game of 2016, when we were a game out of the postseason. And facing the Braves, who at the time were one of the worst teams in baseball. And all we had to do was win game 162 and 163, or game 161 and 162 against a horrible Braves team. And we would have gotten the wild card. And we lost. I think, like, those are literally the last two I can think of, man. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. But regardless, um... Uh, it regardless i'm very nervous about tonight this series to be honest hinch has come out and said he hasn't really left that place mentally i i really want him to win i really want him to win man i want i want to win this series more than i've wanted to win any series in a very very long time I, and it's not even, it's not even like an anti-Astros thing. It's not like, oh my gosh, they cheated. I hate them thing. It's just, I, I just want him at the end of the series to be like, like I'm better off here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is like impossible because the Astros were a juggernaut and still have really good players and were on pace to lose a hundred. But like, I just I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a weirdo. I don't know. But like that's that's just what I want. I just want oh, I just want that so bad. I I just want us to win and him to look back at the series and be like I made the right decision. You know? Or or I guess it really wasn't his call, but like, you know what I mean? Like this is everything happened for a reason. I'm glad I ended up here. I'm happier here. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my brain's just weird. Okay. That will do it for the Detroit baseball Tigers. Um, heading into the Detroit basketball Pistons. Uh, the Blake Griffin thing. Uh, look, man. I don't care. I really don't care. I think it's pretty ridiculous, honestly, that people do care. If we're going to be completely honest. I, and, like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's harsh, but, like, I, I don't care. I really don't care, man. Sorry. Don't care. Um, like, he dunked in his first game back there, right? Everybody's like, oh my gosh. He never dunked here. Huh? Like, what a dick. That he plays completely different style of basketball in Brooklyn than he did here. He is now when he 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 was literally the point guard here. He was a point forward. The offense ran through him. He was setting up at the top of the key and facilitating the offense. If you were to rank everybody on the Brooklyn Nets. That would be the primary ball handler on a play. He'd be like seventh. That might be a slight exaggeration. He, but not exaggerate. He'd be like five. No, I mean he, he might not be like he might be like six or seven, somewhere between the five to seven range. He can now cut to the hoop. He can do off ball stuff. He he can just chill at the three point line and wait for the ball to end up in his lap. 
He plays such a significantly different style. No shit. He can cut to the rim and dunk now. I, I, I just don't. I don't care. I for real don't care. The only thing that's bothered me about the Blake Griffin thing since he has left. The only thing, quite literally, was the return back. That that was ugly. But, that even being said, that's how he plays basketball. When he did that, when he was in a Pistons jersey, we loved it. We were like, oh yeah, he's, he's flopping, he's getting in their heads, he's pissing people off. Like He's laughing at people. He literally laughed at a dude. Right? Like, it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why people are so mad. I, I, I genuinely, like, I get it. He dunked. He didn't dunk here. But it's not like he's putting up all-star numbers. It's not like he's out there averaging 25, 30 a game. He's getting, like, rotation player minutes. And is like doing fine with them. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't really care to be honest with you. And maybe I don't know. Maybe pe that upsets people. And I'm supposed to have this like grudge against him. I, I don't get it, man. I, I really don't care. I'm, I'm glad he's off the team now, and I'm glad we worked out the buyout. Uh, and I'm glad we have some money to do something. I think it's more beneficial for us that he's not here anymore. I am so thankful for what he gave us a couple of years ago um, with, with the run to the eight seed. I, I am. I, I love him to death. I, and I'm not even like a, like a Blake, like Homer. I'm not even like, oh, I will defend him at all costs. I just, I don't know. I just genuinely do not care. So take that as you will, I guess. Uh, trade deadline has come and gone. I don't understand why Wayne Ellington was on this team. I, I, I don't understand why he put on a Pistons uniform after the trade deadline. Maybe people are like, oh, he's not even worth a second. We'll just wait till they buy him out. I don't know. That, that seems ridiculous to me. And even if you get like a bag of potato chips and a slice of pepperoni pizza, it's like, okay, well, there's literally no reason for him to be on this team. So, like, why is he still on this team? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, again, maybe. No, that one I'm, I'm pretty hard on. Why is he on this team? Ridiculous to me. I don't understand it. I think it's stupid. Like I said, even if you get a 20-30 second round pick, you're just going to buy him out eventually anyway, or he's just going to get useless minutes on this team anyway. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think it's stupid. There. I think it's dumb. Okay, let's talk about the actual Pistons that matter now that we've talked about uh, Pistons that don't matter and former Pistons. Um the rookies. First off, Killian Hayes haters are absolutely fuming. They are absolutely, absolutely, absolutely fuming. Because people gave up on him seven games into his NBA career. Like, for real. Like, that actually happened. Do we forget that? That was an actual thing that happened. People literally looked at Killian Hayes seven games into his career and were like, nah, he, he's garbage. What a bust. Seven games in. He is 19. He looked phenomenal his first game back. Phenomenal. So, I'm super happy about that. He's a facilitator, man. He's an elite facilitator. Everybody on that team talks about it all the time. 
Um, Stu talks about it, already has. And a good transition, Killian Hayes, since he's come back, man, like, Sekou's looked pretty good. And here's the thing. There's a, obviously, there's a huge debate around Sekou um, organizationally and, and just throughout the fan base. Um, look, man. I still believe in him. I still think he can be a really good player in this league. He is just super raw. Still just super, super raw. But he's still super, super young. The thing is, and this was... um, I had a conversation with um, my buddy of mine, John Dolan. Shout out John Dolan, man. Um, Back Judge Podcast. Um... And, and he pointed out to me, like, and I really hadn't thought of it for this, from this avenue, from this, like, mindset. Um, the, he was drafted by the previous regime. You know, that, that's a big factor, man. Like, the Weaver, if Weaver doesn't believe in him, that, that's not his pick. That wasn't his pick. You know, that's a Stefanski pick. And you can believe in the pick. You can be like me and believe in Seku. At the end of the day, if 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 Weaver's looking around and, and wants the whole team to be his whole new team, you know what I mean? It's, it's not completely out of the question that he gets flipped. Now, that being said, I'm not really sure anybody around the league is looking at him and what he's done, the, you know, the like three minutes a game he's been getting this year outside of the last couple of games, I guess. Um, and been like, oh man, like I really want to get rid of like first round picks and stuff for him. You know what I mean? Like, I I think it's probably more valuable to the team currently to just hold on to him. I don't really see a point in not. Uh, that being said, it, it's I don't know, man. It's it, it's gonna be an interesting thing to to look out for because, um, he is one of the only people at this point that that's not a Weaver guy. I, I mean, he's the longest tenured player on the team, and he's like 20. That's absurd. You know what I mean? He's completely gutted everything else. So definitely will be something to keep an eye out for this offseason. I hope they just give him minutes um, for the rest of the season. And, and like I said, since Killian's come back, he's actually looked um, he's looked pretty darn good. So that's kind of exciting. Um, everybody else? Man, Isaiah Stewart, my hubby, incredible. Uh, he he's really. I mean, he, at this point, he's turning into a walking double double, and like, I think the Julia Lokafor we won't have to worry about after this year. Um, the question then becomes: Can you move Plumley? Can you move him this off season? He's only again like he's not his AAV. Excuse me, his AAV isn't that much. People are like, oh my gosh, we way overpaid for him. His his salary per year is really not anything. That's that's like nothing. Um, I don't know. People are just weird. So, I I don't I don't think it's completely out of the question that that we can move him. Uh, and even if we can't, he is not getting paid enough where you should be like, oh my gosh, he has to be the starter. You know what I mean? I I don't think. Um, it's not like we got a max contract guy where it's like, okay, well, he has to start no matter what. I don't, I don't really think that's the case. Um, so I think you either trade him or next year. I won't happen this year, but next year maybe you just let Stewart loose, man. Just let him play a, a ton. I don't know. Um, regardless, uh, super, super exciting to watch. One of my favorite Pistons in a long while. He's awesome. Um, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Unreal, man. He's he has now the most three pointers by a Pistons rookie in the history of the franchise. And he has had the third most three pointers made 
through a player's first 50 games in NBA history. Luka is first with 120. Donovan Mitchell is second with 115. Sadiq Bey and Damian Lillard tied for third at 113. This guy is, is literally becoming the steal of the draft. I mean, this, this is a home run pick. A home run pick. I mean, there. I again. I, I've been preaching the gospel of him for a while. I think he has the highest floor, of of. Man, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think he has one of the highest floors of any rookie in the NBA. Like what he does as a start, uh, what his ceiling is, it will be debated, right? That and we'll we'll see what comes with that with time. I there is no way he's any worse. Than like an 18 minute a night, like seventh man in the rotation. Like that's worst case. He's going to be in the NBA for, for 10 to 15 years barring injury. Right? Just uh, such a high floor. Um, and then that's awesome. Because I think Killian has kind of a low floor, but also a super, super high ceiling. Um, so it's nice to have that mix of like, hey... If nobody else got you, Sadiq Bey got you, you know. Um, okay, I think that's going to do it for the Stones. Uh, Corey Joseph is the only other thing I kind of wanted to touch on. He's 29. He's playing the, probably the best ball of his career through, so what, 10, 12 games with the Stones. Um, I, I mean, that's dope, sure, but he, he's damn near 30 years old. I, I still don't think he's part of the long-term plan. He's getting paid, I think, 12.5 mil next year. Maybe he's someone we flip at the deadline next season. I don't think you're going to be able to move him in the offseason for a full $12.5 million. Uh, one year left for a guy that is going to come off your bench and, and not even score 10 a game. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think it might be something we, you know, halfway through the season with half of that gone, half a year of them, maybe we retain some of the salary. I don't know. He might be a buyout candidate even. I don't know. I don't think he's a long-term plan, but he's been playing some good hoop lately, so whatever. Okay, the Red Wings. Uh, again, as always, go listen to Locked On Red Wings. Um, if you don't already, I'm a co-host over there. Awesome group of guys. Uh, we have fun, and it is five days a week solely about the Red Wings, so you can not get any any of these other teams. You know, more way more in-depth breakdowns over there because it is solely a Red Wings podcast. So Locked On Red Wings. I'm a co-host there. Go check it out. Um, the thing with the Wings, it's obviously the trade deadline. The games just come and go at this point. They are they are they are rough. Uh, this team is still very far from being competitive, and we don't even really have like too many fun people, like young kids, up. So like it makes it even that much more like oh my gosh. Uh, that being said, trade deadline. It's exciting for teams like this, you know, exciting for teams that, that have some pieces to sell. Uh, and we do have some pieces to sell. Um, sadly, Bobby Ryan, I think, was probably our biggest trade piece or, or maybe not biggest in far of like as far as best, but biggest in the sense of like, hey, man, this guy's definitely getting traded. Like highest odds of getting moved. Bobby Ryan was probably at the very top of that list, I would imagine. Um, so kind of disappointing that he got hurt and is out for the year. We can't trade him now. That sucks. Um, obviously he's had a roller coaster of a, of a career. So I'm hoping nothing but the best for him from a wings perspective. It kind of sucks. So the other people to look out for Bernier's obviously one, but the goalie market is shrinking. People, teams that need goalies are making trades for goalies that aren't Jonathan Bernier. So that's kind of concerning. Um, but still someone to keep an eye on. There's really no point in us holding on to him. Uh, I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense to move him. So we'll, we'll see. That's one uh, here in the next few hours for me uh, to keep an eye on. Luke Glendening, the, the, probably the biggest now that Bobby Ryan's down. I mean, even when Bobby Ryan was healthy, he might be the best player that we have to offer to people. Um just best face-off percentage in the entire NHL. I think you can probably get a, a decent return for that, man. You know what I mean? I, 
I don't, and again, he's another one. I don't understand the purpose of holding on to him. It's an expiring deal. You have plenty of cap. You can even eat the salary. You can do that with any of these guys. You could, you have so much salary cap space. You could literally trade Mark Stahl and eat a hundred percent of the salary. Like, and that's, I would love for that to happen, but I, I don't think we'll get into it in a sec, but I don't think there's really a market for defensemen this year. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I, I, I I don't want this whole team to be full of Wayne Ellingtons. I don't want to look back at, at 3.30 today and go, what the hell? Why on earth did why on earth did, did we did we just not move anyone? You know what I mean? I I don't know. I don't know, man. I Trade people. Trade people. Please, please trade people. Please, 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 please trade people. Um, so that's someone to keep an eye on. Those two guys, Glenn Denning and uh, and Bernier, definitely people to keep eyes on. Uh, the two moves we have made so far. Uh, Merrill, we got rid of Merrill for a fifth. And I think that's just, uh, if you look at the other trades around the league, defensemen are not going for much. I don't think there's a market for defensemen this year. And the market's kind of been set, and it's not great. So uh, that, you know, as as kind of like, eh, as that trade was, sure, man. You know, sure. I, uh, I Again, I, I sound like a broken record. I've been saying this on Lockdown Red Wings all the time, too. There is no point to keep so many of these people on this team. Anybody with an expiring deal, there's no point. There's not a, if there's not a, a long-term plan for you, if you're on an expiring deal and not coming back, why on earth are, are the fighting for last place Red Wings holding on to you? Just move people, bro. Just, just move people. And, and I'll be the first to come on here and say like, hey, I, you know, that means I don't get the right to be mad at like a crappy return. Sure, sure. I trust Iserman enough to believe that he is working phones and will get the best deal available. I don't know. I just don't understand the point of holding on to some of these guys. Um, Namath was the other one that got moved. That was actually a pretty solid return. Fourth rounder. Uh, dub. Solid. Love it. Um, and then the only other move we made was we get rid of literally nothing for a fourth round pick. So that's cool. <laughs> we'll take it. Three team deal. Where we get rid of literally no one, and uh, and and get a fourth rounder. So awesome, super awesome. Uh, so that's the the wings trade deadline. Like I said, couple hours left for me. Um, we'll cover the deals that aren't done yet when I'm recording this on Wednesday. We'll take a look back at the entire trade deadline from around the league and stuff. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. But yeah, just a, a super interesting i guess i'd say deadline for the red wings um the only other thing i wanted to bring up valeno getting the call up awesome awesome like i said one of the things about this team it's one thing to be bad it's another thing to be bad and no one on the team be part of the long-term plans you know what i mean it's just it's 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 a lot more enjoyable to be bad when you have like prospects that actually have futures on this team playing and not just a bunch of, like I said at the trade deadline part, a bunch of expiring one-year people that aren't part of the future. I, I would much rather lose and, and have a bunch of prospects lose. So uh, from just from an entertainment standpoint, I'm not saying we should just call up everybody, but I, I understand how development works. But um, so it's cool. Valeno's cool. Um, ben talked about in... in on Wings Twitter for a while now. Super cool that he's. we're going to get to see him up in the show. That's awesome. So um, I think that's it for the Wings, man. As always, go listen to Locked On Red Wings. Locked On Red Wings. Locked On Red Wings. Okay, the last team in this beautiful city. The Detroit Football Lions. Uh, absolute pandemonium since the last time we've spoke. Not even really with the Lions. The Lions, honestly, have really done nothing since the last time we've talked, uh, except post videos of, of Dan Campbell, like, hyping up people. Um, 
So, okay. Let's start with, with trades made that are going to directly affect us. Okay? First starters. The 49ers now have the third pick. Okay? 49ers, third pick. Absolute insanity. So you're thinking that they probably trade up if they're taking a quarterback. But they've also told Jimmy G that he's their quarterback this year. You could take Fields. You could take Fields and sit him. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Kind of interesting. Uh, you could take Lance. There's, there's uh, you know... Some things, uh, there's, there's some things you could do there. Um, then, then we get to the Jets and Panthers make a deal. Sam Darnold goes to the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I am somewhat of a Darnold believer. I, he's still one of the youngest quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and I think nobody is going to succeed when you put them in the Jets offense with literally no one. They have no receivers, no running backs, no anything. That offense is literal garbage. And you're you're putting him up there. You have that talent around him and Adam Gase as his head coach. Sorry if I don't take him struggling as an attack against him given that situation. I don't. At all, to be honest with you. So, I'm, I'm pumped for Darnold, and I'm kind of pumped for the Panthers. I think that this could actually turn out to to, to, to work, maybe, for Carolina. Um, but, like, I, I, what do we do? <laughs> right? Like, like, now what? So, so, I mean, there was a legitimate chance before there was rumors about Mac going to, to Carolina. Now there's rumors about Mac Jones going three to the 49ers, which is absolutely absurd to me. Um, it, I don't know, man. Like, okay, so, so here's the situation. So, obviously, 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 we know who's going one. Lawrence is going one. Now that the Jets have traded Darnold, Fields, absolutely going to. Set in stone. One, two. Done. I really, even though they said Jimmy G's their quarterback this year, they said this year, I find it hard to believe that they're not, they, they trade up to take like an offensive lineman or a wide receiver at three. I, I think that, I think that they probably go quarterback too. Whether it's for some reason, Mac Jones, who I think they probably could have gotten at their pick, uh, or Fields, or Lance, whatever. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I find it hard to believe that you put all your eggs in that basket and take, again, taking a wide receiver at three is wild to me, especially trading up to do so. So I think they probably take quarterback. I mean, who's to say Atlanta doesn't need a quarterback? Matt Ryan is kind of on his way out. Maybe not on his way out, but he he's getting up there in years. I I don't know. I don't think that's that ridiculous. Who says Atlanta doesn't need a quarterback? Like I I guess I'm just saying, um, I can see a scenario where, like. I, like, oh, I don't know. And then, like, the Broncos. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to just sit here and say I don't know a bunch of times. Like, uh, it's just, it's, if we're going to take a quarterback, Sorry, not not the Broncos. The the what's the team I meant? The Dolphins. Um, if we're gonna take a quarterback, like who's gonna be left? I mean, there's a there's a legitimate chance 
that that we are taking like the what the fourth best, even possibly the fifth best quarterback available. Cincinnati won't take one. So you have Jacksonville's taking one. The Jets are taking one. The Niners, I think, are taking one. The Falcons, I think, are taking one. That's four. That's the top four picks, all quarterbacks. Done. Right there. You're taking... You are getting the 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 whatever of the top five QBs, whoever's not taken by the time you get to you. That's who's going to be available. Which is probably... Mac or Lance. I, I don't know, man. That's that's wild to me. That we can have pick seven and get the fifth quarterback in the draft. At that point, is it even worth taking a quarterback? That's my question. Is it, Literally, is it even worth taking a quarterback at that point? Probably not, unless you're unless you're in love with Trey Lance, or or Mac Jones or whoever's there, unless you're going into tonight, tonight that night, unless you're going into draft night, and you go, if this one sole guy falls to us, we take quarterback here, and that ends up happening. I am not sure it's worth taking a QB there anymore. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's going to be insane. So then, like, if you don't take quarterback, I would imagine you're either taking wide receiver or Parsons, right? I, I would kind of imagine that that's really the only avenue. Other avenues you can go. You need linebackers. I mean, you need, you need like, everything, man. Like, I, I you know, oh, you got to take your, your team needs. Our team needs everything. So, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, like, if 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 Devontae Smith is there at seven, it's going to be really hard for me to not take him, assuming four quarterbacks are already off the board. Right? It's going to be pretty hard for me, personally, to look at the fifth best quarterback or Devontae Smith and pick the fifth best quarterback. Um, Jamar Chase, this is just my personal opinion of the two. So, like, you know, whatever, however you rank your guys is how you rank your guys. If it was Jamar, uh, I might be more inclined to just take the quarterback and say F it. Um, but at the same time, that, that Parsons safety valve taking the best I mean, there's a chance we get the we take the first defender in the draft. We we can take the best defensive player in this draft, um, and like considering how horrible our defense was, I'm never gonna s- complain about that. That's a nice safety valve for me. I'm not sure it'll ever be my number one choice, but it probably will be across the board my second option on every scenario I draw in my head. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot that can happen. A lot's going to go on. Um, I, I just think it's absolutely insane that we are looking at a draft where the first four picks, we, we have the seventh pick and we could get the fifth quarterback available. The fifth quarter, the ranked fifth quarterback on the board could be our pick at seven because the first four picks could all be QBs. Insanity. Absolute insanity. I went a little long on the Tiger talk. It was just, I feel like that's probably the biggest news in the city currently. Um, and those who know me know I'm a big baseball guy as well. Uh, and with the Lockdown Red Wings thing, you know, I try to steer you into listening to that. Uh, I still always will talk about the Red Wings. Now, no worries there. But, you know, that segment's probably going to be a little shorter from, from here on out just because I literally host... Uh, I'm not just going to say a bunch of stuff on Lockdown Red Wings then come on here and repeat myself for for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, So, thank you. We're back. We're back. I'll see you again Wednesday. We'll have plenty to discuss Wednesday. We'll have two more games uh, with the Tigers. 
uh, including, you know, against the Astros. That'll be super fun. Um, the Pistons still rolling on. We will have the entire trade deadline uh, frenzy to go over with the Red Wings. And then the Lions, just, just another day, another mock will probably be out by then, and we'll have some fun there. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being patient with me over the last couple of weeks. We are back. Uh, yeah, I'll see you Wednesday. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. Go to Detroit Sports, baby. Peace.